Hello, welcome. I'm Dr. Ken. Uh, welcome to this next installment in the series on recovery issues. Uh, deal recovery. Uh, when we're talking about recovery, we're using a, a broad term in terms of recovery from addictions, but also recovery from mental illnesses, from unhealthy attachments, from other afflictions uh, that, that you can imagine that uh, we experience in the common uh, common way of being human beings, making our, soul, our, our uh, way through life. Uh, these things happen and uh, we're all trying to recover in our human condition and in some sense. Uh, and so you might you might think uh, we're all in recovery if we're Christian, if we're trying to uh, grow and develop in our life as a follower of Christ. Uh, so we take a different topic each week, um, and today's topic is slips, falls, and relapses. Uh, and so uh, before we really get going here, uh, as we always do, we're going to pause for a moment and uh, let the concerns of this world uh, take a back seat for the few minutes that we cover this presentation. Uh, we're going to enter into a few moments of stillness and quiet to allow these concerns to slip away, uh, to put distractions aside, uh, to clear out a space where we can be present with the Holy Spirit and present with this information and uh, to invite the Holy Spirit to move us uh, as we consider these points, these these topics, uh, to further us in our our spiritual growth and development, our psychological maturation and healing. Uh, so let's take a few minutes to let the noise of the world uh, slip away from us to focus our attention, and then we'll have an opening prayer. So if you're watching on the video, you can uh, read the prayer with us. If you're listening on podcasts, you can simply uh, pray the prayer as I speak it. We'll start in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and your healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth and fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. So um, what I do each week, usually on Thursday, hopefully, is what I shoot for is on Thursday, I record the podcast, which is just the audio portion of this video, record the video uh, for YouTube, uh, the audio podcast part is available on several different platforms, Anchor and Breaker and Google Podcasts and Overcast and Pocket Casts and Radio Public and Spotify. That's probably enough, right? Uh, so um, 
Some people like to just listen to the podcast while they're driving or walking or doing housework. Other people uh, like to watch the videos so that they can see these slides and maybe some, take some notes and do some thinking and reflection on, on these points for their own life. Either way is fine. We we're, we're welcome you to this content. We hope that it's beneficial for you and helpful for you um, and that you might even share it with others that uh, that you think might benefit as well. Uh, so the previous episode, previous meeting, um, we looked at the topic making amends. Uh, making amends is like, you know, I want to make it up to you because I did something wrong. I hurt, I hurt, I hurt you. I hurt somebody else. Um, and if, if we are uh, doing a quick review, we remember that making events is really, making amends is a good sign. Uh, if we wish to make amends, it, it suggests to us that we recognize that we did something wrong, which is a good thing. Uh, the Holy Spirit has enlightened our conscience to see that we missed the mark, that there was something that um, caused us to harm another person. So we can even uh, consider that we harmed ourselves that we may have offended God in something that we did and we seek to make amends. Um, so uh, having this sense of healthy guilt is good for us. It, it promotes us, prompts us into action, uh, which is what healthy guilt should do, uh, to make a correction, to have a conversion, and to move forward. Um, the, the, uh, the motivation for making amends also creates a movement toward reconciliation with God, others, and ourselves. And that's a good thing, too. So uh, this desire, making amends, is a, is a grace. It's something to be thankful for. Um, if we're preparing to make amends, we want to be cautious. We don't want to rush in blindly and harm the other person uh, in our enthusiasm, um, in our desire to relieve our guilt and, and to um, uh, set our guilt free. We, we don't want to just rush in and drop a bomb on somebody and unload my guilt onto them and harm them further, make you know create more trauma for them beyond what, how we've already harmed them. So we have to be really careful about making amends. Uh, we talked about that last time. Uh, we want to do a certain amount of preparatory work, looking at ourselves, understanding ourselves and our motivations behind what we did to harm the other person, so that when we go to make amends, we we might be able to. Uh, discuss what happened if the other person is willing to discuss. Um, we also probably need to let some time pass uh, in working our recovery to make some progress in our recovery so that the person that we approach in making amends might be able to trust a little bit more uh, that we're sincere and genuine this time, that we are really trying uh, to not harm them any, any further or harm anybody else any further. Um, we also talked about last time that uh, as we get into the process of making amends and we're working our recovery, we want to be in the in the spirit of you know reflecting on ourselves, self-monitoring, uh, so that we recognize when we've done something wrong, and then quickly, promptly admit it, as it says in the 12-step community, uh, to quickly admit when we do something wrong, so that we can. Uh, acknowledge it, move forward, and don't be don't be stuck in unhealthy guilt and shame that can really weight us down and actually create more distress for us and perhaps even make us harm others more often. Uh, so that's a quick review of what we covered last time. Uh, you're welcome to go back and look at that video if you missed it. 
Oh, and, and we also, last time we looked at um, the sacrament of reconciliation and the act of contrition as kind of models uh, for how we approach others and uh, seek forgiveness and, and uh, try to kill things with them if it's possible. It's not always possible for us to patch up uh, uh, harms that we've done, but sometimes it may be. And so we try uh, using the same kind of spirit or model of the sacrament of reconciliation. We covered that last time. You can go back and look. Okay, so today I thought I would uh, share 10 thoughts with you uh, about slips, falls, and relapses, because if we're working a, a program of recovery, then um, it's likely that we will experience these things. Um, so first of all, you know, what is the definition of a slip, fall, or relapse um, in, the, in the recovery, uh, addiction recovery world? Um, usually we talk about slips or falls as um, incidental kind of one uh, one off uh, slips on our our uh, behavior that we're trying to change um, but we think of relapses as something more extensive um, uh, something that's unfolding over a longer period of time with multiple multiple slips and falls um, but usually also an orientation of of the person kind of giving up on what on what they're uh, what they've been doing. Uh, we, we see this especially most commonly uh, for people that are struggling with compulsive overeating. Uh, people get on a diet and they say, okay, you know, here's my diet plan. This is what I'm working on doing. Um, and, and then they have a bad meal. You know, they go off their plan for a meal um, and they typically will give up um, and then they go off uh, their meal for the rest of the, uh, they off their meal plan for the rest of the day the next day, several days, and so then at that point you're talking about a relapse. Um, people that are being successful in their uh, overcoming their compulsive eating and, and sticking to a meal plan or a diet plan, um, those people recognize, okay, maybe I messed up on that meal or I had this snack that I wasn't scheduled to have or I had this sugar that uh, I'm, it's off limits for me. Uh, they get they quickly get right back onto their meal plan immediately that same day the next meal uh, and they they allow that just to be a, a minor blip or glitch uh, a quick slip or a quick fall and they're continuing their recovery program immediately after that so if you had to describe or distinguish between slips and falls and relapses it might be uh, that degree of severity intensity of the slip fall and the length of time and that desire, that spirit of getting back on track as soon as possible. It really only makes sense to talk about um, slips and falls and relapses if we have a goal or a target. Um, if we don't really have a goal or target or if it's kind of loosey-goosey, then it's it's likely that we're going to slip fall and we're in our, our mind, uh, the way that our mind works with our defenses is likely to trick us uh, or our enemy is likely to trick us and tempt us um, and say, oh, that wasn't so bad, or don't worry about that, it doesn't really count. Um, and those kinds of things can get us into real trouble unless we have a, a specific goal or target. So um, it's much easier in, in, our, in the chemical addictions, like addictions to alcohol and um, drugs and things like that, those chemical addictions, it's easy to define the goal or target. You know, if I'm trying to recover from uh, an addiction to marijuana, you know, 
either I'm smoking pot or I'm not smoking pot, that's pretty clear in terms of what the goal is or what the what the um, uh, what defines a, a slip or a relapse. You know, either I smoked pot or I didn't. So uh, that's clear. But if you have something like a, a sexual a behavioral addiction, like compulsive sexual uh, behavior or, or food, compulsive uh, eating, then it's it's a uh, the definition of what the goal or target is and what a, what would constitute a slip or a relapse then um, becomes uh, more uh, challenging and we have we need to make it more clear uh, by how we define it. Um, it's good to consult the Holy Spirit when we're trying to identify what we need to change in our ourself because the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to be giving us the power and the grace to do that. Um, so to help the whole, uh, invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate us so that we can see our lives and our behavior for what it really is, to bring us to conversion, um, to consult recovery peers, people that are working recovery along with us or, or have worked before us, uh, to help them uh, help us identify what it is that we need to change and how to define our goals and targets uh, in our sobriety. Uh, mentors or sponsors in 12-step work or, or in our lives. Our personal lives, if we have a counselor, spiritual director, all these people and these methods uh, can help us define what sobriety means to us, what the target of our recovery is, uh, and what it and what it would mean to have a slip, fall, or relapse. How those things would be defined. Um, once we have a good, solid definition of what what is sobriety and what is a slip and a fall and relapse. Um, we can make a commitment to that goal by, by making a firm resolve um, and sharing that resolve, sharing that goal with others. Um, I, I know that uh, sometimes if, if I'm trying to help someone to stop smoking cigarettes, for example, if they have that nicotine addiction, um, I'll suggest to them that after they throw all their cigarettes away and they, they're really ready to make a commitment to stop smoking, that they'll tell their closest friends, that they'll, they'll tell everybody that knows that they smoke, that they're uh, going to stop smoking. And that actually increases their resolve. Uh, and that, that kind of creates a system of people that are going to be watching, monitoring, you know, whether, whether they're intending to watch or monitor, uh, because we've told them what our goal is, they're, they're going to watch or monitor, even if they keep it to themselves, what they see. <clears throat> it's part of our commitment, and it helps us actually to accomplish our goal if we have shared it and we've, we've stated it put it out there in that way it make it makes it uh, more solid for us uh, number five the process of recovery is is not clean and straight uh, psychologists have been studying uh, recovery from addictions and other uh, behaviors uh, mental illnesses and things um, and what we see is that recovery is not a, a straight uh, line like you know going up you know I just gradually get better and better and better uh, it's not so much that as what we see in research, but uh, more like this diagram that's on the screen, kind of a spiral up. So, uh, so what we see is people make progress uh, with when they're working a good, solid recovery program, and they have good support, and they're they're involving uh, spiritual power of grace and uh, to help them make these changes. Uh, we see that they're making progress. They may have setback here or there, a slip or fall. They keep making progress, and gradually over time, uh, they're getting they're getting there. But um, it's not just a clean straight line for most people. It's kind of a back and forth, a gradual trend upward, 
perhaps is what, what we might expect in the recovery process. Um, it is important to expect success, to be hopeful. Um, a person that's uh, truly an, an addict or has a, a mental illness of some significance, they've probably uh, really experienced many times uh, this idea of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying really hard, I'm having some success, and I get knocked back down. Uh, and it's very easy to be discouraged and uh, disappointed and fall into despair when we're working on our recovery because we, we have these setbacks. Um, so even though we might know that the process of recovery uh, is not clean or straight, uh, we, it's important for us to expect success and to plan for that success and to be hopeful about that success if we go into it expecting to relapse, if we go into it expecting uh, to not be successful, then guess what's going to happen? We, we kind of have this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Um, and we may end up getting what we expect. So uh, we should be hopeful and expect success and recognize the, the power, the unbelievable power of God to bring healing, um, the, the power of Jesus to heal as we see in the Gospels and uh, those miracles that we know about God's healing power to expect success <clears throat> and to ask him for that help. Excuse me. Um, if we have a slip or fall, it's important for us to, to learn from each setback or relapse. Um, every time we experience these things, we should uh, take a pause, go back and look at what happened. Um, what was going on that triggered me into uh deviating from my plan, from going off of my recovery plan, um, and, and damaged my sobriety. <clears throat> what was it? Was it, uh, was it that I was tired? Maybe I was bored. Maybe I was really angry or stressed or, or sad or lonely. I, it's, you know, there can be these emotional triggers. Um, maybe I was hanging out with people wrong people that were influencing my behavior and tempting me. Um, maybe I just had some memories. Uh, maybe I got tempted with some memories of the past and how good the acting out behavior used to be. So I have that kind of euphoria about about uh, that food or that sex or something, and, and that pulled me back into acting out. So we re review, try to understand what happened in our setback, what caused us to slip or fall, and then to adjust our recovery plan to make it better, to make it more effective, uh, so that we can have more success in the future. So, you know, if I'm if I'm working with somebody on their pornography issue, you know, if they tell me that that they had installed a new app on their phone and that new app led them to acting out with pornography again, then guess what? We learn from that and we say, hey, delete the app, right? Kind of common sense, but. Sometimes it's hard for us to think through these things clearly when we're when we're in recovery the recovery program. Um, if we if we recognize that hey I was doing great in my recovery from depression but I got around that person and that person just really brought me down I, I don't know what happened that I felt so discouraged when I was uh, around that person because that person's so negative uh, and so anyway I, you know every time we have a slip fall or relapse we really should evaluate carefully sometimes get somebody to help us do that, uh, to understand and see what it was that happened so that we can take action and make adjustments uh, to not fall in the same way the next time. Um, as we go through this process of recovery, 
uh, we have great opportunities to develop persistence, to keep trying, to never give up, uh, to have fortitude, to, to try to strengthen our will and our resolve, uh, and to develop patience with ourselves in the recovery process that to recognize that, hey, this, you know, this behavior, these afflictions have troubled me for quite some time, and it's probably not reasonable or fair for me to, to expect that it's just going to magically quickly change. Uh, so I, I need to be patient with myself if I have a slip or a fall and to just keep going so that I don't go into a full relapse uh, to never give up because I, because I know that this is the right direction. This conversion is what God is calling me to. And so I don't want to put it aside. I want to keep going uh, with God's help and God's strength and the encouragement of my support system. It really requires grace, support, and action. These are the three big ingredients to a successful recovery program and conversion. So we, we need all three of these things. Uh, we have to take our own actions, but we rely on the, the grace and the strength of God to, to, to be successful. And others give us encouragement and hope and challenge us as well. Uh, the most important thing is, is to is to get back on track with our recovery actions if we should have a slip or a fall uh, immediately as quickly as we can get back on track and just keep pressing on uh, that's what helps us to avoid a full relapse that's what helps us uh, to be successful um, is, is if we get back on track qu very quickly don't forget the sacrament of reconciliation if you're catholic um, if we have a slip or fall or relapse, it's it's uh, entirely possible that there might be some sin in that, sometimes a serious sin. Um, so a good practice is to make a sacrament of reconciliation monthly if we're in recovery, even if we're not slipping, falling, relapsing. Um, but if but certainly if we have a slip or fall or serious, a sinful behavior that's associated with our our uh, issues recovery issues, then we should go to sac the Sacrament of Reconciliation sooner than later. Um, but we want to we use this grace that comes from the sacrament uh, as something that strengthens us, strengthens our, our, our resolve, gives us fortitude, and gives us some protection from temptation so that we can uh, make this conversion that, that God is calling us to in our recovery. Uh, so uh, these are the 10 points for today, thoughts about slips, falls, and relapses. I hope those have been helpful for you. Um, uh, we have a, a list of a variety of different resources on our website, graziaplanacounseling.org. Uh, click on the link uh, under um, uh, resources, and it will show you that list, especially there's a good selection of resources for chastity if you're working on uh, issues of recovery that involve sexual behavior, uh, pornography, masturbation, uh, uh, promiscuity, infidelity, those kinds of things. We have a great list of resources there on the website because so many people struggle with those things. Uh, and we continue to add little tidbits on that list uh, here and there uh, under that section of our website. If you have a camera phone and you're uh, watching this on your computer, then you can use your camera phone to follow the QR code that's on your screen uh, to get to that place on the website. Uh, so let's wrap up as we always do with our closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 
St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince, the heavenly host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, the next time we get together next week, we will uh, cover codependency issues. Uh, codependency is a kind of a pop psychology term that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, so you might have an idea of what you think codependency is, but you might also not be completely clear. And so tune in next time, next week, and we'll talk about what codependency is and how it uh, may be involved in our recovery. Um, just like a good soap opera, we're going to leave you hanging on codependency issues so that you'll tune in next time as, as the recovery world turns, right? Something like that. Uh, we hope that if you enjoy these uh, videos and this podcast, you'll share share it with uh, friends and um, spread the word. Maybe this will help the right person in the right time in the right way. Uh, finally, we don't charge anything. This content is free. We give it out to the community uh, for the glory of God. And if you'd like to support our work, uh, we are a nonprofit charity. And so we're happy to receive your 5 or $10 donation. Um, you can go to our website, graziaplanacounseling.org, and at the top blue banner, it says Donate. It will take you to our e-giving page uh, where you can put a credit card in. We're happy and honored to receive your donation. Um, so that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed this, and you can catch us uh, next Thursday, Friday. We'll put out the next uh, episode. Take care, and God bless you.